0: All right, everyone, you're going to be happy to hear that we didn't leave for JMU either. This is no longer the Duke cast. This is the Seder cast. We're back from our little break, episode 13. Augie, how was your winter break?
1: It was a great winter break. Uh, Took in a lot of sports. Saw some great college football games down the wire, but... It's time to transition to what's going on this you know, up end of the winter and the upcoming spring. So
0: Yeah, we've, had, we've missed a fair amount of items on this show because obviously we weren't here. So we'll start with just wrap up the football stuff because we've been talking about football for so long now and saying we're done. It's not over. First of all, we'll talk about the good news and that Jalen Coker is a god amongst men. According to Brett Coleman, he is a quote-unquote freak show at the Shrine Bowl, had that great catch at the Hula Bowl, and I don't know. I'm hearing that he might get
1: drafted, and it's not a might. I'm hearing he's going to get drafted this year. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to wrap up football when there's so much positive news being brought to the Holy Cross football team from last year. I mean, it's just... Day in and day out. It's not just Jalen, too. CJ Hansen also got invited to the Combine. So CJ, Jalen. That's another guy who could uh, get drafted. They are both invited to the NFL Combine. Luke Newman will be doing a fifth year at Michigan State. Eric Schoen, member of the podcast. Duke. Will be doing a fifth year at Duke University. I hate Duke, but... I'm, I'm kind of a huge fan of Eric Schoen to Duke So I, I I'm mean, very happy I, about that one I hate Duke basketball we'll Anyway, Yeah, that, that I can live with that But and I'm a Spartans fan,
0: so seeing Luke Newman's Announcement was like, phenomenal
1: Yeah, and then obviously The biggest news of them all uh, Matthew Sluka has made a decision Yeah, what? <laughs> uh, after all of the talk, where was he going to end up? UNLV He ended up in an interesting spot I, I mean, don't, It's I don't, a fun one I don't know if I see the vision, but I can sort of understand it UNLV was a really, really good. They, program they were last good, year. but it's like you get well. So their quarterback you know, I mean, transferred. Yeah. Okay, their quarterback uh, Jada Mavia he transferred to USC. So <laughs> okay, yeah. So you and, uh, so Sluka is stepping into a position where their quarterback left to go to the Trojans. So he has big shoes to fill. I think he can fill them though. I, I mean, think he can definitely fill them, and he's an athletic freak. Yeah, obviously, yeah. a lot of the talk was. Why isn't Matthew Sluka going to go to James Madison like Bob Chesney? That,
0: that's a real surprise because they got Dobbs, they got Purdy, they got McMurtry, Terrence they got Terrence Spence. Spence. Yep. Yeah, so, I, I don't get it.
1: But. Well, so I think the reality was the quarterback who everyone thought was going to go came back, and yeah. so there was going to be a competition Um, At JMU And I think Sluka Probably wanted to experience Something different And also wanted to Give himself maybe A little bit of a better chance To have a starting role And when he sees The UNLV quarterback Go elsewhere uh, He can step in As an experienced Fifth year player And hopefully Make an impact In the Mountain West Which is um, Which is a really good league And it has been A really good league For years Yeah
0: so I reached out Actually to a friend of mine Who has since graduated From Holy Cross But used to play quarterback For the team Griffin Weigel Wiggle, wiggle. I keep forgetting how to say it. Shout out Griffin. Um, But he was a little surprised by the decision as well. But he brought up there maybe some NIL money involved. And I would not be surprised if he's, you know, NIL is a huge thing now. He's probably getting something.
1: Well, he's already posted on Instagram. Sluka has that he has reached an NIL deal. I mean, I'm, I'm forgetting with here. who it was. We can look it up. Or, right. um, but it is on Matthew Sluka's Instagram that he has reached an NIL deal. So, I mean, with NIL, it's just it's a whole new ball game. All these people, they're able to, you know, um, yeah, he's being represented by Equity Sports now. So. He will be getting paid. Yeah, and I think it's a really good situation for him. and he's, he's got a big schedule next year. One of those games, he's playing at Kansas. And I saw today that Kansas, they announced that they're going to be playing four of their home games next season at Arrowhead Stadium. Which so, would be crazy. I don't know if the UNLV game is going to be at Arrowhead Stadium. They may um reserve that for big 12 play which by the way kansas is a really good program that we're going to be talking about i'm sure next fall a lot i think they're a college football playoff sneaker next year but with the 12 teams i think anything's possible exactly that's what i'm saying and they have really good offense Um, but anyway back to matthew sluka awesome opportunity for him to show himself to an fbs crowd that hasn't seen much of the ground game that he can provide and you know just congratulations and a big shout out to all Of the uh, the seniors and the fifth years that that work their butts off and are getting new opportunities, they completely deserve it. An FBS program or wherever it might be. Also, shout out to Bob
0: Chesney for getting a significant raise and also getting the coach at the uh, group of five level. Which I mean, everyone's like, "No, he's greedy. We miss Chesney." No, you don't take that offer. You're an idiot. That is something he needed to do. I think it was the right decision for him, his family. And he brought a lot of the assistant guys with him. We're going to miss Coach D-Mike. We're going to miss Caden. We're going to miss everybody who left. Scott James is gone now, too. But Dan Curran brought back in uh, – well, not brought back in. Brought in by Kit Hughes from Merrimack. That's probably as good of a hire as they could have made. You know, Everybody seems to love the guy so far.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably – a conversation we should dive in deeper to. Maybe We should probably get into do a podcast in the future, kind of dive into the Dan Curran era of Holy Cross football. Absolutely. Because that's probably an, a very interesting point for me to, to talk about, and we'll get into that soon. So stay tuned for that. But huge congratulations to everyone moving on. And uh, maybe, just maybe, that's a wrap-up of football for this calendar. Year. I don't
0: know. When Jalen Coker has a – like an eight catch, hundred fifty two touchdown Shrine Bowl. It's a two. It's a twelve. Jail- months, and, it's a twelve month sport. Isn't <laughs> and it? C J Hansen doesn't record a single sack. Then I think we'll talk. Yeah. So basketball season is officially back uh, on the hill. Obviously, they were playing games over break for the men. It was a lot of stuff to forget about. Unfortunately for them, they did beat Lehigh, but excuse me, they, they lost to Lehigh. They they beat Loyola. L teams in the Patriot League are just fun. But before that, they hadn't won a game in 2024. So that's pretty rough for them. The women, on the other hand, are an elite squad. So there's your fun little super, super small summary of what just happened over break. But the women didn't lose at home. And that's pretty impressive.
1: They have yet to lose at home this season. They're, uh, they've they improved their record after their victory on Monday. We're about to get to the games on Monday. Huge Huge doubleheader CBS Sports Network on Monday for the basket, both basketball programs. But the women, they improved their record to 10-0. and 0. And the men, they did something pretty special too. But let's start with the women because they played. They had a 4 o'clock tip. You don't see that very often. It's, yeah. normally, it's normally home and away. Well, obviously, we can also mention
0: that it was a nationally televised doubleheader that the school wouldn't stop emailing us about. Which is I, a good I thing. I mean, yeah, I got like 20 emails, including one from my class dean, like, go to the games. And I was like, I have to work. A camera there, so yes, I will be there. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about me doing that later, yeah. but. Yeah, I wasn't there for all the women's game. I showed up at the tail end, and it just looked like more of
1: the same for them. Dominance on and off the court. I was at the women's game, and it was just a really balanced attack led by senior point guard Kara McCormick. She was just facilitating the offense, doing a fantastic job of slowing down the pace when it needed to be slowed down, speeding up the pace when it needed to be sped up, and it was just really, really well done. She's a leader on this program, and it's really good to see her hard work paying off another – Name I want to mention who's been playing very well and played well in the sixty-one to fifty victory for the uh, Holy Cross Crusaders over the Boston Terriers, which was a rematch of the Patriot League championship for won last that year. one. And Holy Cross went into Boston and won that game. But Caitlin Flanagan is like eighth in the country in assist to turnover ratio. She's absurd. for a point guard. She's, she's just a sophomore. She's, she's not real. She's, uh, you can't tell me she's real. She's a really great shooter, and she's just fantastic at preventing herself from turning the ball over and you know, giving the ball up to her teammates for wide-open shots. So Flanagan playing out of her mind. Janelle Allen doing a great job in the paint. And Simone Foreman had double-digit rebounds. She's not, she's not tall, like – she was being, I mean, she was competing for rebounds against a six-foot-four Caitlin Weimar for the Boston Interior squad. He's one of the best players in the Patriot League, and she had double-digit rebounds, so... Really good to see the Holy Cross Crusader women's team improve to 8-1 and one in Patriot League play. They're firing on all cylinders right And, I now.
0: mean, we can also talk about they had a bad third quarter, openly. They only scored six points, and then they rebounded with their best quarter of the night. So this is a team that can face adversity. Obviously, Caitlin Flanagan is really coming on as a great player. You know, I actually had a group project with her last year, and yeah. she actually showed up, which was great because I usually expect some people not to show up when they're good athletes because they're too busy training, and... So there's a A little little fun fact. But she is getting it
1: done on the court as well. Oh, yeah, she's totally
0: getting it done. And we can also talk about Lindsey Berger, who didn't start the game, but still put up 25 minutes, and she's
1: just huge, huge. You can't get around her, and she's an athletic freak as well. Yeah, she just comes off the bench and, you know, is just a great defensive presence for these Crusader team. But there's one name we haven't mentioned yet. We'll mention her in a bit. And we're going to mention her in a bit. Well, you'll be mentioning her in a
0: bit. Or me, depending on when Sarah tells us. (laughs) All right, we'll talk now about the second game, which uh, you may have seen on Overtime and the New York Post and everything else, because congratulations to the Holy Cross men's swim team for becoming the most famous team on campus even during a basketball game would like to just shout them out um, if you haven't seen it go watch it it's it's a it's it's quite funny actually yeah
1: so they uh, they did a little free-throw distraction they weren't even on the right side it's not even worth really talking about because everyone listening to this podcast has already seen the video I mean it, it, it was we funny. Saw, we saw it in person it was funny I filmed it I enjoyed it I
0: mean, I I was – so I was part of the – It was enjoyable to watch. Your funny story of the day is that I was actually on the camera crew for this game. Uh, I was by the student section. I was in the front like trying not to get hit by basketballs every five minutes. But what happened was they come running out and I immediately see them. I'm like, oh, I need to point the camera up there. Screw the free throws. So – and then I'm pointing in that direction. And then like two minutes after it happens, I'm told we were told not to use any of that in sort of like promo material – Uh Uh-oh, it's all over the internet now, and now suddenly they're okay with it being used. Like, all right, guys, I see your narrative here. just just use it in the first
1: place. It's funny. But yeah. Regardless, it was it was viral. It was funny. It was enjoyable. But you know what? Let's talk about the game. What wasn't enjoyable was that first half
0: from the Crusaders, because they came out, they couldn't buy a bucket if they tried. Everybody was missing shots and they were visibly frustrated. The bench was dead silent. And then at the end of the half, they started to warm things up. Fans got into it again.
1: By the second half, it was a March Madness atmosphere in that building. Absolutely. So Boston University has a famous player. I really – Otto Landrum because God. he has a really good mixtape, well-made mixtape. God, I really don't want to do this, dude. But he, he – you know, he's famous and yeah. so – the no, but what I'm saying is – That made people want to come. Yeah, there was a kid who follows him around to every game, and he got him to sign the ball, I think. Exactly. So there's a viral human being named Otto Landrum. He's a sophomore from Torrey Pines, California, who has made his way 70,000 followers on Instagram. He's made his way out to Boston, and he's been hooping. He had 26 games, 26 points. In the prior game against Lafayette. But Holy Cross, they did a great job of shutting him down in the second half and the Boston Terrier offense. And there's two stats I wanna talk about. Okay. The first stat is Caleb Kenny, and the number is seven. Caleb Kenny had seven blocks. He was absurd. So keep in mind, I was right there
0: for most of those blocks. He went up absurdly high at one of the points he blocked it and then lost his balance and crashed right into me so that was pretty funny but really for the funny. rest of them he was just all over the place he was elite on defense like no other starter that night recorded
1: a block for the Crusaders so that and just, he had seven he's he's a forward like what is what is he doing back there the second number I want to talk about is 18 and yeah. that was Khalil singleton I'm, off the bench I mean making we, just the most, the biggest impact we've seen from this Holy Cross basketball a, team he all a season. a really hot streak for about five minutes where nothing he
0: did missed, and he was a key turning point in that game. And the place went bonkers. That was the loudest I'd ever heard the heart center. He hit one three, and then he just had the coldest celebration, and everybody behind me was just losing their minds. And then what did he do? And then did he went again. down and hit another one. He and did it again. I,
1: it sounded like the place was going to go up in flames. He
0: went 7 for 11 for field goals, 3 for 5 from the three-point line. That is elite. His last three was a bomb. No, too. it was
1: beautiful. And
0: By know, the way, Bo Montgomery, welcome back.
1: Yeah, that was a great— Welcome great back for
0: 15 him. points. He got relegated to the bench for this one, but
1: welcome back, Bo. We needed that. And you know what? It was a huge win for Holy Cross basketball. Something to build off of moving forward. You never know what can happen in Patriot League play. They have an opportunity to get back in it with a win like that. They're up to three wins in the conference. Let me check never, the standings. you I'm pretty sure they're six. Yeah, you're never dead and you're never out of it. So you have to keep fighting, regardless of how bad it's been. You know they have they Boston's they're, they're three not, and six. Yeah. Holy Cross is three and six. Lehigh is three and five. You get on a little hot streak, and all of a sudden you're in fifth place in the conference. So you could do something. There's always an opportunity to do something, and it's going to start with Caleb Kenny on the defensive end, and maybe just continuing to get Khalil Singleton involved. In the ride, ride the team. hot hand so, and the neon sneakers. But one thing I want to say right before we go is, man, I need to continue focusing on working on those free throws late in games because that was painful. It, it got close and. Everyone's heart skipped about seven beats. If they lost that
0: game, I might never have gone to another basketball game. That was just painful to watch at the end, but they won. But they won. A win is a win. And a win is a win, no matter how good, bad, or ugly. So before we head on to the next part, which is quite exciting, um, we want to go back to that one player on the women's team we haven't talked about yet, which is obviously Brona Power Cassidy. The Irish woman herself sat down, and we got to pick her brain a little bit. So I remember when we said only one of us would be doing the interview and it turns out we're both here. So that's great. Uh, joining us now, uh, she doesn't really need an introduction, but I'm gonna give her one anyway. Uh, it's Brona Power Cassidy, Holy Cross women's basketball. How are you doing today, Brona?
2: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today.
1: Well, thank you very much for being here. And just if you could just start off by telling us and our listeners a little bit about yourself. And obviously, there's a, the fun story is that you're from Ireland. Um, and you've come to Holy Cross, um, from, uh, across the pond, but if you could tell us a little bit about Ireland and just a little bit about yourself in general.
2: Yeah. So like you said, I'm from Ireland. I grew up in Dublin, which is the capital. Um, I moved to the U S when I was 18. I, I did a year of prep school, but I just have one sister and we kind of both followed the same path. She, she's two years older, but she moved over. She went to prep school for a year and then went to college and I kind of just followed her footsteps and went to prep school,
0: wound up at Holy Cross, and that's kind of how how I'm here right now, yeah? Well, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, no, I, I can hit, I can hit you with this one. Um, obviously, Ireland's a very popular study abroad destination here. Anybody listening right now might be thinking about going abroad, That specifically Dublin, I believe there's a program there. What's your favorite thing about it? <sighs> that's
2: a tough question. I mean, I'm biased. Dublin's the best place in the world. I think it just kind of an Irish culture hub. It's like, it's a city, but it's just like very lively. There's a lot of things to do. Um, but it's also like so close to the sea, 20 minute drive and you're in the middle of the countryside. It's just kind of like the perfect spot in Ireland to kind of get a taste of everything. Um, and I'd really recommend anybody go. Uh, I, I, think it's great.
1: <laughs> so I want to hear a little bit about your recruitment process. Obviously you said you did a prep school or prep year here in the States. Um, but How did kind of Holy Cross reach out to you and what was your recruitment process like?
2: Um, I think mine was probably very abnormal for most recruits. I moved over uh, to do a post-grad year and then kind of immediately that's when my recruitment started. I just had open runs and practices in September and then I was just fortunate some of the Holy Cross coaches had like, oh, come to a practice, see what this Irish girl's like, and then they, they liked what they saw, and they kept coming to practice. And then I think I got offered around November. and I came on my official visit, and holy cross, the, the coaches actually flew out my parents and surprised me on the visit.
0: Okay, well Wisconsin. that's that's how to sell your college. Oh my god. Yeah, that's fantastic.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they sold me for sure. Uh, and then next thing you know, I, I was committed Uh, over Christmas but then COVID happened so then I had to fly home and then I was just kind of waiting to like I'd only been on campus the once and that was for my official and it was mid-season like I caught a game uh, they were playing at home Uh, so yeah it was definitely abnormal compared to a lot of other recruiting processes and especially my teammates they'd all committed to Holy Cross like a year or two prior to me even being kind of offered but yeah it it worked out (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, did COVID really throw a wrench into things or was it just annoying?
2: Um, I was fortunate that COVID happened after my recruiting. So, like, I was right before that. COVID kind of just hit that April and I'd already committed and everything was kind of a done deal. But, you know, that just meant I didn't really finish at the post-grad year. I was kind of home. And then I didn't know what to expect when I came out for my freshman year because it was completely different. We had a completely altered season I didn't really know much. I'd only ever been at prep school, so then flying back in with COVID and kind of all those regulations, I was kind of just thrown into it. But it was good. It was good. It's
1: crazy that that happens. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. We're happy to have you here. I know the women's basketball team's happy to have you here. Let's talk about last year first. The March Madness run, obviously a, something that you dream of, I'm sure. Can you just tell us about how that experience was for you and kind of what that meant to you?
2: Um. Honestly, last year, it was incredible. I think going into it, we were definitely the underdogs. We lost a huge senior class. Um, And I think we had something to prove both to ourselves, but kind of to the league as well. We wanted to show that we were still a good team, like we could compete. And so I think just really playing together, uh, we kind of just fought it through. And I think each game, like throughout that season, we just kept getting better. And then, you know, anyone playing basketball growing up, you dream of going to the tournament. And so like to make that dream a reality, was crazy. I mean, just everything that went into it, it's kind of like, whoa, like even just having the selection show, you're sitting there like, oh my right. gosh, this is real, like we right. actually did it. Um, and then going down to Maryland, like that was surreal. Even just being in that arena and their facility and just getting to see it. It was such a cool experience. So I think like it just it's what everybody dreams of. But when you do it once, Then you just want to
1: keep doing it again, so that's where we're at right now. Absolutely, and you know, let's talk about doing it again. And that starts with the home court advantage that you guys have had this year. Obviously, with the victory on Monday against Boston, your home court, uh, your record at home improved to ten and zero. What is kind of playing at home in that home court advantage? What does that mean to you?
2: Um, Honestly, I think I'm fortunate with the team we have right now, and we're all kind of on the same page and. For me, just playing at home means playing with pride, and, like, that goes through our whole team. I think we just want to defend the heart Center and, like, especially make it an environment that teams are kind of stacked against us. And, like, I know the past couple games, like, I got to shout out everybody who's come to the games. Like, they've made it such an amazing atmosphere, and, like, (laughs) I wouldn't want to be any team on the opposing bench in the heart Center when it's packed like that. Um, But, yeah, no, I think... Just as a team, we take a lot of pride in being able to, like, play well at home and, like, get those wins. And it means a lot now, but it's just kind of every game right now matters to us, and especially when we're playing at
0: home. Yeah, obviously, Monday for both games, really, was probably the most packed I've ever seen the heart center, the most energetic. It was a March Madness atmosphere. It was absurd to be there. And uh, so... Hats off to you guys, first of all, for taking the W against BU. Uh, what has been your favorite memory of being a member of this team so far, besides, obviously, going to Maryland last year?
2: Ooh, that is a tough question. I feel like my four years here have been, like, so different each year. I mean, obviously, the first year with COVID, and then the second year we got upset in the first round by Navy. And then last year, like, I mean, the final of the BU game was just so surreal. I think – we got up big, and then you clawed their way back, but we were able to hold on. Like that moment was everything. And my sister, like she's just su- such a big part of just like my journey in the states and at Holy Cross. like she comes every game, so like her being there and like just kind of having an Irish flag in the crowd, like that was just a surreal moment for me. Um, was that her
0: with guess- the with the Irish? I was thirteen. Sign was every that her? Game okay, game. all right. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that, but we finally uh, figured that one out. Yeah, no, that's my
2: sister. She comes to every game. Like she travels to most of the games too. But if you see an Irish flag anywhere and like there's a pun on it,
1: that's that's my sister. <laughs> that's all, third that is, is awesome. Awesome. So obviously, earlier this season, you kind of reached the milestone of a uh, thousand points in your career um, as a member of the Crusaders. What is that? Um, or, like, what does that mean to you, and kind of how do you kind of build from that?
2: Um, I Honestly, I knew it was kind of there in the background, but I hadn't <laughs> really been thinking about it at, at the time. Like, I've just always kind of been focused on our team and how we're playing, and I think one of the strengths of our team is just how spread we are. Um, So when it happened, it was like, oh, whoa, that, that's so cool. <laughs> like, that's definitely a milestone, but it's always kind of been the attitude of just getting – everybody on our team to do whatever we kind of win. Um, but it was definitely like a cool milestone to hit. I, uh, yeah, no, in hindsight, it, it, it's cool. But I, I guess in the moment when we're playing games, I'm just so focused on like what we're doing then. And in that moment that they kind of like went over my head. But, you yeah, know, it was definitely cool. <laughs>
0: awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So obviously job's not finished. You guys still got some work to do this season. What is the big end goal for you guys this year? That like go a little bit further than, you know, win the Patriot League or hit the tournament or something like that. Like, what are you guys looking to accomplish as a team?
2: I mean, as a team, I think we just keep reminding ourselves, like, compete every day, and that's against each other in practice. That's every game we play. And I think for us right now, it's just being as competitive as possible, and we want to win. A Patriot League tournament again, we want to go uh, back to the tournament and we want to compete and I think that's just kind of showing up and being the best team we can every day but nothing's guaranteed, I think that's one of the exciting things about uh, the Women's Patriot League right now like all the teams are competitive and every day there's upsets so I think just for us it's just continuing to be the best team we can and like I I genuinely believe if we are we can can go far and we can compete uh, for the Quite a couple number of months, hopefully.
1: Awesome. And then uh, the final question is: uh, obviously, you know, your time at Holy Cross is coming to an end. Um, what are kind of your plans upon graduation? If you have any idea what you're uh, what you're going to do beyond Holy Cross yet?
2: Um. Yeah. I mean, right now I'm just kind of soaking it all up. I don't. I don't want to leave just yet. Of course, and I think, of course. I'm really focused on just where we're at right now. But like we were saying about the COVID year, I, I have a fifth year so. Hopefully, when the time comes, I'll think more about that and probably take it. I'm a psych major, so hopefully something in that department and maybe get a a psych master's. But that's kind of the secondary thought right now after this season. But, yeah.
0: Well, absolutely. And, of course, like they won't let you take that here because you guys are a dual semester sport, right? I'm yeah. never going to understand that rule, yeah, but, but all right.
1: Yeah. I'm never going to understand well, that. Well, it is football versus everyone else, basically. Yeah, well, okay. thank you very much for uh, joining the show. You yeah. can catch Brana again in action on Saturday uh, at the Heart Center against Loyola, Maryland. So um, the atmosphere has been great, and everyone, be sure to you know go out and uh, watch. And Brana, any last words from you? Anything you want to plug? Anything you want to promote? Um, I just want to
2: say thank you so much for having me today, and thanks to all uh crusader nation and keep coming out to the games it's been
0: great we'll be there thanks so much for joining us have a great one thank you very much
2: bye
1: guys thank you thank you
0: so thank you brona first of all for joining one of us Uh, i'm not sure which one that is yet because full disclosure we're recording that after the rest of the show so we'll talk about the other major winter sport going on right now in hockey Uh, both teams obviously coming off a great weekend both had big sweeps of rivals i for starters hate boston university I will just go out and say that I am BU's biggest hater. If there is a hater bigger than me, I would love to find them.
1: What but, about BC? B, BU or BC? You're choosing. I
0: actually grew up a BC fan. So okay. I don't hate them as much as other people here, except in that football game. All right. But I detest Boston University, okay. and I can't tell you why. Holy Cross Women's Hockey hadn't won eight games in a row, and they swept BU. They won the Turnpike Trophy in Boston, embarrassed them in front of their home ice, they came back and Emily Crovo scored her first two collegiate goals. Brooke Laranger put on an outstanding performance in net for that game. They won two to
1: one and three to two. They swept BU and everybody loves it. I mean that's just fantastic. It's always good to see the women's hockey team kind of rewrite the ship. The rewrite the ship. I mean it's just important to get back on track. We've mentioned multiple times how difficult of a, comp- of a conference that they're in. The Hockey East is just daunting. It's, I mean,
0: right now they're 7-16-2, and that's light years ahead of where they were
1: last year. Absolutely. So this
0: is a team that is still improving now. They have lost a lot this season, unfortunately. Uh, they just lost Gracie Johnson to an ACL injury. Uh, Mackenzie King is out for a while. Uh, a couple other players are gone and won't be coming back. So, I mean, it's, it's rough. What they're going through right now, but they are overcoming the adversary. They had three centers on the depth chart and one against BU three to two. That's that says a lot about who they are as a team. And they're tough, they're gritty, and they got a back-to-back at UVM coming up this weekend up in Burlington. You can catch those games on ESPN Plus. I will not be there because I don't
1: want to go to Vermont. Yeah, I feel like it's that's a pretty tough trip right now. They're man.
0: leaving tomorrow morning. We're recording yeah. this for context on Wednesday afternoon. And they are leaving a straight-up whole day before. So that's, that's a rough ride.
1: Yeah, at Burlington. There's no shortage of snow from uh, Worcester, Massachusetts to Burlington, Vermont. So safe travels to the women's hockey team and best of luck against the Catamounts this weekend. That's a great mascot. I, it's a great mascot, but yes.
0: So while the women's team is away, the men's team will get to play a back-to-back at home up against Air Force who are for some reason in the Atlantic, even though they play in
1: Colorado. That's but a fun one.
0: That's a fun game, and we can talk about it even being more fun as they're currently riding a hot three-game streak. They beat Sacred Heart at home 5-2, and then they went to Erie, Pennsylvania and swept Mercyhurst, which, I mean, you got rivals like that, you need to get hot against them. Jack Ricketts with a hat trick. He got hot. Jack Stockfish is an outstanding player. He's only a freshman. This team is getting hot at the
1: right time. I mean, it's one thing to go make a trip and win two games. It's another thing to go make a trip to Erie, Pennsylvania, and score ten goals in two games. Uh, That's nonsense. fantastic offense for the Holy Cross hockey team. And, you know, just dominant performance over an opponent in Mercyhurst who's no slouch. I mean, Mercyhurst is not a bad team. I remember my freshman year, they came here and absolutely wiped the floor with us. Like, they're 7-15-3, but... They're not a bad team. They have five wins in conference play. Holy Cross now up to nine, nine, and three in conference play. So they're firing on all cylinders right now 14, 11, and uh, four overall. They're receiving votes to be ranked. They are good, and they are getting even better. They're third, I believe, in the Atlantic at the moment.
0: They have a chance to keep doing that. If they win a couple games against Air Force, then it's Sacred Heart, and
1: then Bentley, and then the tournament starts. Yeah, and I mean, Air Force, it's it's always hard when you're changing time zones, traveling across the country, for a game, it's hard. I mean, Air Force, is, they're changing two different time zones. So, um, obviously, they're a pretty good program over there. The Falcons are. But it'll be interesting to see how they adjust as they come to the Heart Center. And, obviously, if you're listening to this, there's no reason to not show up to those games this weekend. And I'll
0: tell you exactly why, because Game 1 is their Koozie Cup match, which every single sport here has. It's a confusing concept, but the Koozie Cup is essentially each team can win it every year. They'll, it's just based off like academic performance as well as fan turnout and a couple other things. I think you know more than I do about it. But show up to that game so they can win it, if uh, they want to win it. Their second game... I'll actually, you speak first. No, 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 no. no go ahead. I, I
1: insist, August. Anyway, I was just gonna say, yeah, the koozie cup is just a fantastic way of getting people from all different teams to go support um, to go support a fellow team on campus. So, I'm I'm extremely excited to see how the hockey team performs with a really what I would imagine to be a really really good crowd. This I will weekend. not be
0: able to be there unfortunately because I'm leading a retreat. Which sure, but yes. Air Force. The second night, they're actually going to be retiring the first hockey jersey in the history of Holy Cross. It'll be Patrick Rissmiller, who uh, I wasn't here to witness, but I do hear he was quite good. I'm going to get some information on him. I'll let you stall for two seconds. Anyway, extremely exciting. Graduated in 2002. Patrick Rissmiller is having his jersey lifted to the rafters,
1: and tickets are on sale for 10 to $15 if you're interested. Absolutely, and then why not? I mean, it's just another way to go support... Holy Cross athletics, which is something that they need right now and something that's going to help them. Uh, it's going to help them in move moving forward. And of course, Patrick Rissmiller, who I actually just learned played in the NHL. So
0: there's another cool thing. I'm learning things as we go through the podcast. But yes, Patrick Rissmiller is going to have his jersey raised to the rafters. And he actually did post grad year at the Hill School before attending Holy Cross. I am just losing my mind right now. I thought that said the Hill is Holy Cross, and it was just not what I thought it was. So there no, you go.
1: No, but I mean six foot four, two twenty-five. This guy's no slouch. No. Anyway, we're getting a little off topic yeah. here. Congratulations, That's... Patrick Rizmiller, on your jersey retirement. And congratulations to all the teams that have had a successful weekend on campus. That's your Holy Cross Sports, you know, update, recap, preview, and we will be back with some more professional sports.
0: So NFL picks will no longer happen, obviously. NFL season is Pretty much over at this point. But we did just witness the conference championships this past weekend, and there was no reason to ever think about those games again. I I am so sorry. This is the Super Bowl nobody wanted. It'll be a good game. It'll be an all-time classic. But it was either Lamar or Pat Mahomes, and then the Lions or the 49ers. Just two underdogs, and they both just get crushed. It's just disheartening.
1: Yeah, I mean... I mean, I think the Ravens were actually favored. I think the The Ravens Ravens were were favored, but but the
0: playoff Lamar is playoff Lamar, and he uh, showed up in full force.
1: Yeah, he did not.
0: He did not prove his haters wrong this postseason. He had a good game against an overachieving Texans squad who will be back, but then you go up against a really good Chiefs team who have been catching steam as of late and. Hero ball on every play, only eight runs the whole game. Todd Munkin, what was that game plan?
1: Yeah, I don't what know. What were they doing? I don't know what the story was there. Let's talk first about that Chiefs-Ravens game, and then I have a question for you and for all the listeners. I, I want to maybe get something involved oh, where you tweet God. at us, but tweet us your answers that you think or yeah, let's, let, let let's, us know. Let's but anyway, can do that. who is the first AFC quarterback – to win a Super Bowl, that's not named Patrick Mahomes. Oh God. Tom Brady? No,
0: no. Oh no. Oh, no. in the past. In the no, no. In the future. In, in the, the future. future. In the future. Oh, okay. Okay. You'll, you'll in, the there. in the future. In the future. The next AFC. The next quarterback. AFC quarterback to win a Super Bowl, dude. Who's good? So there's Josh Allen. No. There's Lamar Jackson. As long as Sean McDermott is the Bills coach, they're not winning a Super Bowl. There's Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson needs to turn on the postseason. It's not him either. There's CJ Stroud. He might be it.
1: I there's Tula. No. Stop it. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Yeah. I, I, that, 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 a, that's a, funny. A, that's a, really funny. There's Caleb Williams. You don't <laughs> but you don't know. You don't know
0: if he's gonna even go to the AFC. I know. So I mean Joe Burrow, maybe like I, yeah, I, There's Burrow. There's Burrow. There's um. That those are the five. I think. Who else was good in the AFC this year? I don't think anybody else was good. I'm still between Allen or Stroud. It, I mean Stroud, Burrow. I
1: don't. I'm starting. Make a pick. I need to. So, I need a pick here. If you want my pick right now? We'll yep. go with the fun pick. CJ Stroud, book it. Tweeted us your picks. Let us know when you're walking by us in crowds what you think. If you're who was listening. it for you? I, I think it's going to be either Joe Burrow or Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, those are probably the three that it could be. Yeah, I unless, think two is not the answer. Unless
0: there's a trade or Aaron Rodgers regains his form or something happens, there's, there's not a lot of talent in the AFC at quarterback.
1: Anyway, Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, best quarterback in the league. No questions asked. He proves it night in and night out. He doesn't have much to work with. Besides the fact that the Chiefs' defense has actually been really, really good, you
0: know who the last great NFL quarterback to be able to dominate without a real, you know, elite Pro Bowl receiver was? I think his name is Tom Brady. Right. Yeah. So I'm not gonna make. I'm not gonna have that conversation just yet. But if he wins the Super Bowl, it, things there's, are happening. There is gonna there is gonna be a conversation. That I mean, this have. would
1: be what three and three and four. This years? would be
0: three and four years. Yeah, and he would be the first quarterback to repeat a Super Bowl victory since Tom Brady. Right. He's not the goat. But man, but he's entering he top ten all time. Oh man, right he now.
1: is getting it done. And, and as much as I don't like the the Taylor Swift, he, to all that, I, I'm I'm over, but I just I
0: don't want to talk about. Yeah, that. I don't that, either. That is, that I is, don't either.
1: That is a distraction. But it's a distraction from how good Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs defense are. Yeah, performing. the defense
0: is the real story here, I yeah. think, because you get Chris Jones on a contract year, and he just turned it up to a new level. Yeah, and you've got. Uh, I mean, Trent, that, Mc, Trent McDuffie oh, Hello yeah. Legereus Sneed When did that secondary become elite? McDuffie out of the University of
1: Washington
0: He just, is good
1: Yeah, playing phenomenal yeah,
0: that, that team in general They had a guy I really wanted You know, when I did my draft selection Yeah I really wanted Leo Chanel And they got him in the third round And he's also been quite good Yes, he So this is, this is a Chiefs defense This is a story with the Chiefs You haven't seen in a while Where it's not necessarily the offense Why they're winning games
1: That defense held Lamar Jackson to 10 points be sure to watch Trent McDuffie in the Super Bowl. He's going to be a game changer, my hot prediction. But anyway, let's talk about the NFC, the Lions. It was 24-7 Lions at the half. Look, I don't
0: even want to talk about the rest of that game except for one thing. Fourth down and three in your infield goal range and you have a lead. Take it to three scores. Yeah. Dan Campbell, what are you doing? I love the guy, but you can't do that in the conference championship. I agree. That is a regular season play call. Yep. You need to go to the Super Bowl and that's your that's your decision. Yeah. And Josh Reynolds, by the way, I'm not forgetting about you for dropping that. It was that bad, was, it was horrible. That
1: bad. was a bad drop. Probably, not not bad, but probably one of the worst drops. Yeah. That looked a, tony, looked a little tony. Looked a little tony. Tony was just all – yeah. he's all he's, out of He sword. sucks. He's not hurt, by the way. He's, he's, he wanted everyone to know that. I just, God, he's a prima donna. Yeah. He anyway, uh, the uh, Niners and the Chiefs will be playing in the Super Bowl. We're not going to make predictions just yet because but, we have yeah. another week to talk about. I do want to talk about one more yeah, thing, though. I'm confident. a little bit
0: tired of the Brock hate. I'll be real with you. Is he the best quarterback in the league? Not even close. But people are like, oh, he doesn't deserve to be there. If he was really as bad as people say he is, yeah, he misses wide open passes. But then he has that playmaker ability to extend the play on third down. He's not as bad as people say he is. I think he's actually probably in the top half of quarterbacks in the league. Could even be top ten. Not an MVP candidate. But you can have all the best talent in the world but then you're like why didn't the Bengals make the
1: playoffs with jake Browning? right
0: it's because brock purdy's a solid quarterback no he gets league. the job
1: done he gets the job done and that is what you need sometimes absolutely and i think that was something we can touch more on next week uh we're gonna have a real super bowl preview episode next and that's week that's gonna be so big it's gonna be a big and it's gonna be exciting
0: so we're starting a new thing now that we can't do nfl picks we're gonna analyze an nba team each week Uh, I would like to do this with hockey at some point, but they are on the all-star break. And considering some of the stuff in the hockey world right now, I'd rather not talk about it. So we'll talk about basketball instead, which at best is great and at worst is hilarious. And I would love to do a five minutes on Thanasis or Darvin Ham, but we can't do that because we need to actually talk about good things. Yes, we do. Let's talk about the best team, I think, in the entire league at this point is the Boston Celtics. and. We're just going to do a quick little deep dive into what's been going right for them this year. They currently sit top of the East, 37 and 11. They are a couple games ahead of the second place Milwaukee Bucks. And they're a good team. You know, people are like, oh, they're going to take a step back. They got rid of Marcus Smart and Time Lord. And I do miss Time Lord, I love the guy. But, oh, they got rid of everybody. (laughs) Blah, 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 blah. Joe Mazzola can't coach. L- look at what they're doing and tell me
1: that everything they did in the offseason was a bad idea. Well, they don't lose at home. No, That's, they that's don't. a start. They're 22-2 and two when playing at TD Garden, except for when Jokic comes into town. Yeah, he's good. He's pretty good. He's really good. We're going to get to the Nuggets at some point later. We have uh, to talk yeah, about that. Yeah, I don't them. even But anyway. They'll be there. They'll be there. They're fun. But the, but the Celtics today, let, let's talk about the team. Let, let's dive deep. So there's Jason Tate. And he's the guy that is the star, dude. He's and,
0: averaging twenty-seven a game. Yeah, I mean, that is absurd. Ridiculous.
1: And he gets his rebounds, and he takes good shots. He doesn't take bad shots. You know, a lot of these guys in the NBA you're seeing now is the, these stars. They just chuck up shots. Jason Tatum takes good shots. He doesn't need to take a million shots, but he takes the right shots. And he has enough playmakers around him, like Jalen Brown. Like, Chris, that's Porzingis and, like, Derek White, who's out of his mind this year. Yeah, Derek White really should have gotten an All-Star nod. Like, he's been special. You, you, You
0: expect him to take the next step when Smart's out of the building or whatever, but he took a step and then some. And then let's also not forget they got Drew Holiday, who's been having himself a pretty solid season as well, but... I think the biggest addition to this team has been Porzingis, and it's not been quite close. He's been a game-changing difference maker whenever he's out there. He's leading the team in blocks. His size just brings something else to this team that they didn't really have. The only concern with him right now is his injuries. and And it always has been. It has been his injuries. But, you know, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if they start sitting him a couple times in the rotation, like, come on. You can't let him get hurt if you're gearing up for a playoff run because he's
1: such a big part of this team right now. He's played in 34 of the 48 games, which is pretty Porzingis-like, but it's better than it's been in the past. As long as he's healthy, he makes an impact because he's a 7-foot player that's really good from behind the arc. He can shoot it well. He can rebound well. He's averaging 1.8 blocks per game, so he's playing good defense in the paint. He's doing, I mean, yes, I agree. I, I've kind of in the past, I've just been a Crips, that's Porzingis doubter. Like, he's just, in the right system right but now. But he, he, yeah, he's, he's playing really well. And so you have to give him props for that. And I think that's re- something that's going to be really, you know, impactful for the Celtics as they continue to try and fight for an NBA championship, which they've fought. They've, they've, they've had opportunities to get one, but they still haven't gotten one in recent history.
0: But I mean, when you look down the rest of the roster, you need this team to stay healthy because if you go into the playoffs and have to start like Danalo Banton or Delano, I can't even say his name right, he's that irrelevant. You have to start Lamar Stevens at power forward because everyone's hurt, you're in trouble.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So
0: this team's biggest concern right now... Is their
1: health? Well, it is a good team, but they do lack depth a little bit.
0: Yeah, they do.
1: Cornet, Cornet, and Horford obviously aren't bad. Horford, being Pritchard, good. and Sam Hauser have been good this year as well. Yes, but after that, it kind of falls off. O'Shea Brissett, he's, he's a, a player ex- who exists. He's a different three. He's a decent three-point shooter, yeah. but it's just you got to stay healthy, and that's what's going to come down to. Because in the NBA, the reality of the NBA is sometimes it's. Which team's more healthy than the other? You are really not helping my Jordan
0: Walsh narrative right now, though. Because that guy's the future. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But what, is I, he, what
1: is he? He's got two—he's got, he's got,
0: three minutes per he's game? Got, he's got two games played, three minutes, and—my God, he has two and a half rebounds per game. That
1: he, has is an, an, he has an infinite assist to turnover ratio. Yay! Now. He has never turned the ball over in his NBA career. <laughs> anyway, the Boston Celtics are one— it's gonna be fun to continue to watch them, um, as they. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be fun to continue watching this team. They have a little bit of an, they have an interesting stretch coming up. They play at home against the Wizards <laughs> on Friday, and then the hard, few hard games at the Heat, at the Nets. Oh, home and home with the Nets, bringing them back home, and then at the Bulls, and then at the Knicks, Auggie, who are playing Auggie, really well. You missed right an now.
0: entire slate of games. Oh, I missed an entire. Yeah, slate they're of playing games. basketball terrorist Darvin Ham. I'm. I'm... <laughs> I missed the whole slate. of Dude, I I love Darvin Ham memes so much right now. I hope we get him fired, though. Actually, no, I don't. I, I hate the Lakers. But we play the Lakers tomorrow. And then on February 4th, we're up against the Grizz, an old friend, Marcus Smart. And uh, then we'll play the Atlanta Hawks.
1: Then then it's the Wizards and the yeah, Heat. Then, then everything I just then said. Then everything so you just said. The big game is against the Lakers. And the big thing for the Celtics. And the moral of the Celtics story is stay healthy. And you're going to have a really good shot at an NBA championship this year. Hey,
0: if the Lakers play tomorrow, then they don't really have to guard Torian Prince, right? Because he's just bad. Anyway. <laughs>
1: Celtics. In review.
0: So let's throw a bit of a wild card in to end things off here. The Pebble Beach Pro Am's kicking off soon, and it is almost golf season again. I'm a big Masters fan whenever that's on, but Augie, I'll be real with you. I don't know too much about who's good right now, other than, you know,
1: I like Will Zalatoris, but he's sucked lately. So Anyway, yeah, let, let's get right into it. The Pebble Beach Params this weekend, one of the most iconic. I really iconic. don't
0: want to read off all these players. No, There's we're not. There's so many.
1: We're not. We're just going to talk about some guys. But the, it's <laughs> the most one of the most iconic courses in America. Yep. Uh, I think it's probably top five, if not top three. Just beautiful views, beautiful weather in January and early February. And it's a pretty good field this weekend. It's obviously golf season's underway. There's been four tournaments thus far. This is the fifth one. And then the big... Granddaddy of them all, Waste Management Phoenix Open is next week. <laughs> We're going to talk all about that. Oh, my God. But Roy McIlroy has come back from Europe to, the, to America. He's playing in Pebble Beach. So this will be like fun to watch him Isn't he 70 play. years old now? He's been around so long. Well, the thing about Roy McIlroy is he is the longest driver on the PGA Tour. How? So regardless <laughs> of how old he is, he absolutely destroys the, the ball. Um, but anyway, it'll be fun to see him play at Pebble Beach. It'll be fun to see defending champion or uh, reigning champion uh, Justin Rose. He's back at Pebble Beach. And obviously a few big names like Scotty Scheffler, one of the best players I've ever seen hit a he, golf ball. He is ball. fun to watch. Uh, he's going to be playing at Pebble Beach alongside um, Ben on, who is a fun player I want to talk about really quick. Because he is top 10 just about every week and he's never won on the PGA tour. So, I think Ben On is a name to watch out for this week as someone going to watch. There's what are the stats of win? that? Like how, how how often is he finishing top 10 and not winning? Like almost every time he's And playing. how many events has he played in, do you oh, think? I think he's probably 3 years in. Ben On. That's absurd. Yeah. What are the I am not a stats guy, but that is absurd. Anyway, a few other ga- well, we look up Ben On, a few other um Names to talk about. Another guy I think is going to have a really, really good week is Jordan Spieth. He seems to always perform well when heading out to Pebble Beach. And Justin Thomas, he's played really, really well after a disappointing year last year. He's kind of turned it up this year. He's already got two top tens in
0: 2024, this guy. Yep, and a runner up. Oh, my word. Five runner ups. Three third-place finishes, 13 top-five finishes, 24 top-ten finishes, and zero PGA Tour wins. That's a ton of events still, though. So Ben on. He's made $14
1: million. It's crazy. And never won. Never won. He's due. This this is the week for Ben on or Jordan Spieth. Those are my two picks for Pebble Beach. And, man, if there's no NFL on Sunday, sit back, relax. And enjoy the show because Pebble Beach on a Sunday, there's nothing like it. I want a protein shake, Merchant Bryson Deschambeau. No. I know, I'm, I, know. I I will say we can get into it later. But I do miss you know the guys from Live being in the PGA Tour because yeah. there's a lot of guys over there. Dustin Johnson, Brooks Koepka, Phil Mickelson. They're just fun to watch. So yeah, they are. I miss I I miss them all being together. But unfortunately, um, mergers uh, are, mergers are yeah, still being talked about. Dumb. Anyway, that's gonna wrap it up. We're gonna have more college basketball on the horizon because that's heating up. Oh, Duke, boy. UNC this weekend on Saturday. Go Houston, UNC. Houston at Kansas and Tennessee at Kentucky. I just all on yeah. Saturday. I hate Duke. Thank I, you. Yeah, so it's gonna be a very <laughs> very fun Saturday of college basketball. We'll break that all down next week. Again, thank you to Brona Power, Cassidy for joining the show. Really appreciate. Also, quick shout out. Yeah.
0: Before yeah. we finish, to Sarah Kirkpatrick. <laughs> We've never mentioned her on the show before, but without, you know, SID Sarah, we don't get a lot of these interviews. So she has been phenomenal in helping us get this going. So thank you, Sarah. Uh, And, yeah, that's about all I got for today.
1: Yeah, we'll be back next week. Super Bowl preview edition of Cast. So long for now. This is Augie and Ben signing off. See ya.